Welcome back to the tape store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And we are sorry that we had to go a day later. Yes. Yeah, we don't We don't generally like to do that. Um, no. But, you know, look, those of you who, who are our podcasting pals, you right. guys know that this stuff happens. Yeah, we have two kids. We, have, we both have a full-time job. So it, it'd be great if doing a podcast <laughs> on, on 80s and 90s nostalgia was was our full-time job. Oh, yeah, but we are teachers, and actually, uh, those of you who either have kids in school or maybe are teachers or have friends that are teachers, our schedules and our lives depend on what's going on, and we've actually had some... Yeah. Some teachers had to leave because of COVID our school, cases. Our, our particular and, school. Yeah, so, you know, we've, we've kind of had a lot of back and forth, so it's been a little, it's been a little nutty yeah, this it, week, to be honest. Right, and... Because it's finals week. So, yeah, so we've had some upending at work. yeah. Everything's okay, but yes, we're healthy, thankfully. Right, but the bottom line is, we—I um, know we had to get sent home for a day, and I don't know if it was just what happened at work, and then and then you know we had it, we went to work on Monday, we got sent home on Tuesday, we were back on Wednesday, and it just made me like honestly miss a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the week kind of snuck up on us, and some other unexpected stuff. So you know these things happen, and and again, you know, like I said, if we were. If we were full time and oh yeah, it'd be a, uh, a, a non issue, obviously. Yeah, some a full time sponsored podcast on some kind of a you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if we were if we were a much larger production, right? But you know, I love being grassroots. To be honest, no, it's true. I'm just saying that you know, mm-hmm. obviously, when this is something that you do as a as a hobby, right? Which it is. It, it kind of comes with it, it, limitations. It's, it's at the mercy of our personal lives true. as far as our children. And our jobs, so all that to say. Yeah. And you, you know, guys are always incredibly gracious, incred- incredibly kind and loving, so we know right. that, you know, it's kind of like we're telling family something, so we appreciate you guys so much. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like I said, we, we, we pride ourselves on being able to, I just got done talking to somebody, <laughs> a friend of ours, about how important it is to, to, stay to, on schedule. <laughs> to stick to your schedule, and then, of course... You know, but, but also we're human and life happens and if yeah. that's not part of your if that's not part of your, you know Yeah mental like makeup, said, then what are you doing? Yeah. At any rate, so we're in the holidays. We're right in the middle of December. Yes. We actually just finished Hanukkah yes, as a family. Tonight, yep, that's very true. And I'm sad. It is. Yep. The menorah is full. I we don't have, do well with ending winter holidays. Right. Or any holidays, actually. Yeah, so all the lights on the menorah filled up tonight. Yes, we we, we just posted, if you if you follow us on Instagram, I posted a few stories of our massive menorah collection all aglow with the lights. Yeah. I mean, technically, it's still Hanukkah tomorrow. Right, yeah, sure. But, you know, tonight was the last night we light the lights, and that's always a little bit sad. But be that as it may, we are in the middle of the holiday month, the holiday season, Yes. And the most nostalgic 80s and 90s movies of the holidays are centered around Christmas. Absolutely. That being said, we decided, especially since this movie turns 30 years old this year, to talk about Home Alone. Yes. I didn't realize it would turn 30 this year. It did, yes. Home Alone was released on November 10th, 1990 in Chicago. Oh, wow. Which is where the story is based. Well, between Chicago and France. (laughs) But mainly, Obviously, mainly yeah. in Chicago, the story's <laughs> based in Chicago. Yes. Nationwide, it was released November sixteenth, nineteen ninety. Okay. Movie stars Macaulay Culkin. So this movie was like his claim to fame. As you're going to need to address. Well, maybe, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. 
We'll have to get that story later. Yeah. There's a funny story. There's a, here's a great story about Macaulay Culkin's name. Yeah, there's a, there's a particular story about... In yeah, Toby's past. In my past. <laughs> about It has to do with the pronunciation of his name. So at any rate, so yeah. Macaulay Culkin, who is the star of the movie, this, yes. again, was like his claim to fame. Everybody knows him as the kid from Home Alone. Oh, for sure. It also stars Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, John Hurd, and Catherine O'Hara. Oh. By the way, the, the late John Hurd, I found out, yeah. you know, really after researching this movie, that the actor John Hurd, who plays Peter McAllister, Kevin's dad, he passed away uh, a few years ago. He was That's 71. Sad. Yeah. So he was older than I, I thought. Didn't, yeah, I, yeah. I was going to say, I didn't actually realize he was uh, that old. Yeah, he was 71 when he passed away. He passed away on July 21st, 2017. Oh. Yeah, uh, just a few years ago. The music in the film is done by John Williams. He composed Ugh. it. He's, he's my He's my personal favorite. He's just iconic. Yeah. It, he... Like I said, it doesn't matter whatever the movie is. He's somehow able to create these themes and these overtures that that so suit the movie. So yeah, even even the "We Wish You a Merry Christmas" uh, version that he did, you yeah, know, just for, the, for the opening Christmas, it's it's just, he's just he's magical. Yeah, everything he's magical. Yeah, everything about like the 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 score for this film, it, it's it's so great. And I remember when I saw that he did it, I was like, of course, that makes sense. It's so. It's so memorable, it's so good, and it, it, it so fits, it almost becomes a part of the story. Yeah, and I think there, there's something, now, there uh, there are lots of composers that I, I absolutely adore, mm-hmm. but John Williams, to me, in, uh, encapsulates the idea of whimsy the best. And I know I choose whimsy specifically because it's like magical and fun and a little right. mischievous, and he does that best in his scores. Like yes. he does that with this. He does it with Hook. Right. There are a few films. Only there are only a few films that he does the specific thing with, and this is one of them. Yeah, it's really and it makes sense because Kevin McAllister is one hundred percent whimsical and mischievous. Right. So it's perfect. I just he he does a fantastic job. And the movie was directed by Christopher Columbus. Oh, perfect. Yeah, he was great. Who also would later direct the first two Harry Potter films and would do a fantastic job. Yet again, the whimsical feelings. Yeah, I'm well, he, he was great when, when they directing them when they were younger. Yes, so yeah, really he, he did well with the beginnings and, and the, the welcome into that world. Right, and it was written and produced by John Hughes, who did like the 16 Candles, oh uh, my Breakfast gosh. Club. Yeah, Forget it. Yeah, so th- this was a really, you know, it had all the workings yes. of, a, of a great movie. So let's go right in because we're going to talk about obviously the movie. We're going to talk about the story, right? And we're we're going to hit everything. We're going to do what we do, baby. Yeah. So let's go right into the opening, which is the musical overtures by John Williams being played over these opening credits and the film's logo, which is the the blue house, yeah, with the with the window light on. It says "Home Alone" mm-hmm. in all caps, except the E's lowercase on "Alone." Oh yeah. And we open on an external shot of the McAllister home, which is in this snowy Chicago suburb. The house is decorated for Christmas. Which is gigantic. Yeah, I was about to say, it's clear the McAllisters have done well for themselves. Whatever, I just want to know what they do. Yeah, whatever Peter and Kate McAllister do, they're the parents. Yeah. Uh, they have done well for themselves. It's, <laughs> yeah. a big, it's a big house. It's also bustling with people as we go inside. As the people run from here to there, there's a police officer who is played by Joe Pesci is trying to get someone's attention. He wants to speak with them. So he can't get anybody to stop and talk to him. Everybody's running by and... You know, he just wants to talk to somebody. Right. Peter and Kate McAllister, which again is the mother and father, or father and mother respectively, played by John Hurd and Catherine O'Hara. We can't say enough about Catherine O'Hara. No. You know, we will continue to say more right. things. But And 
you know, you had mentioned it before we started recording. Yeah. You know, when we were kids, she was the mom from Home Alone. You either knew who Catherine O'Hara was. Now, obviously, her career, she, she was active long before these movies, like Second City and all these things. But as yeah. a kid, I was like, that's, that's the mom yeah. from Beetlejuice or that's the mom from Home Alone. Right. Now, that of course, it. you know, she's done. You know, she's now iconic as Maura Rose from Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite show, one of our favorite shows. Yeah, it's great. Um, she's, she is a comic genius. Right. And John Hurd is more, he's not as well known, but you know, he's a great actor. He, he, yeah. he had been in quite a few things, but so th- they're great together. They have a good screen. Yeah, but chemistry. they're both, but for, for, for Catherine O'Hara, who normally plays kind of these out of the box, wacky characters. Yes. She is playing a very like straight laced mom. Yeah. Like a straight laced, uh, middle class. Yes. You know, to upper middle class. And her, the humor from her character doesn't come from her, her antics. It comes from her reacting Right. To the situation. Yeah, so they're the owners of the home, obviously, and right. they're packing, and they're clearly preparing for this big trip in the holidays. In walks their son, Kevin. This is Macaulay <laughs> Culkin, who looks about 9 or 10, and he's complaining about someone that we're going to talk a lot about, Uncle Frank. God. And, and we're going to see why he's complaining about Uncle Sorry, Frank. We're going to get to him later. Right yeah, I can't stand Uncle Frank. He's in, fa- in fact, I think the, the most, you know, and I have my notes here because I always take notes you yeah. know, because I generally lead the discussion as far as the the narrative of these stories, but I spent a lot of time just on this first sequence, which is just because it really sets the stage for the yeah. rest of the film is how the McAllister family operates and how their extended family yeah. operates and how they relate to Kevin and how Kevin relates to them. Right. But at any rate, Kevin walks in. He's complaining about Uncle Frank, who is keeping Kevin from watching a movie with the big kids. Right. Kevin is ignored by Kate, um, who even lends credence to Uncle Frank's decision. She basically says, look, if Uncle Frank says you can't watch the movie, it must be bad. Now, mind you, Kate is on the phone. We don't know who she's on the phone with. but she's not, she's She doesn't busy. know what they're watching. Yeah, she's just kind of doing she's her. She's not involved with, right. the, with this particular thing. The fact is, the first thing we're seeing is Kevin is not being regarded by his mom. Then the dad takes over. And he doesn't really do anything for Kevin or try to help. He's just kind of like, Kevin, get out of here. Just get out of our hair. Now, as a parent, I understand that. Yeah, to an extent, I understand, like, hey, just give me a minute. Right, because I have three defenses of Kevin that I wrote. Let me think. One, two, and three. (laughs) Good. Yeah, three defenses of Kevin. Poor Kevin. Defense number one, it's not that Kevin is an angel. He's the youngest child in a big family. Right. He gets into stuff. In fact, there's the situation during this scene where they talk about uh, the mom, mm-hmm. uh, Kate, yeah. tells Peter that Kevin had been making Christmas ornaments with his new fish hooks. Now, listen, that's stuff that kids do. Yeah, I mean, that sounds he, like something our kid would do. Yeah, I mean, that's just stuff that kids do. So, I, I'm, and I'm not defending that per se, but at the same time, I am saying this Look, is something. Look, it's a kid. Kevin looks like he's about 9 or 10. Now, is that. Now, when Kevin has run out of his parents' bedroom, his Aunt Leslie, who is Uncle Frank's wife, right. tells him to pack his suitcase which Kevin has never done. Now, this is confusing, this whole scene for us, because we're not really sure which people are Kevin's siblings, which people are part of the extended family. I mean, there's there's Mm -hmm. like 20 people in this house. And I think that's the point, because Kevin is also... I think we're we're meant to experience the disoriented nature that Kevin is experiencing. Right. Because we're like, what? Huh? Uh-huh. Who are you guys? Right. It's just, it's nuts. Yeah. And Kevin is kind of back and forth. So he just, he was just run out of his parents' bedroom. 
telling on Uncle Frank. And he doesn't know how to pack his stuff. And he doesn't know how to pack his stuff. And Meanwhile, the police officer, again, this is Joe Pesci's character, is still trying to talk to someone. He can't get anybody's attention. <laughs> and we do hear amidst this chaos that someone named Buzz ordered the pizza. Kevin then finds himself with one of his siblings. So we're able to identify a few siblings right. here in the McAllister family. An older brother named Jeff, played by Michael C. Morona. We know him as the older Pete from the Nickelodeon show Pete and Pete. Yes. I remember you know, seeing him yes. and being like, oh, you know, <laughs> asking for help packing. So he's like, can you help me pack my suitcase? And Jeff rebuffs Kevin. Uh, and again, good, yeah. to, good to see uh, someone from the 90s nostalgia uh, universe, right. you know, like I said, Pete and Pete, the Nickelodeon universe. But Jeff is not a nice sibling, tells him tough, which is what his other older sister, Megan, played by uh, actress Hillary Wolf, she says, Megan and Jeff then team up on Kevin. Megan uh, begins to call him names. She calls him an idiot Ugh. and says that he is helpless. It's so sad. It is. And again, so this leads to my second defense of Kevin. No doubt the youngest of the siblings can be annoying. But Kevin is asking for help. Yes. He sincerely doesn't know how to pack his suitcase. To older siblings, this is annoying, but also the onus falls on someone to... To guide him. To teach the child to do something. So... Yeah, this... Like, the more... Like, watching it was tough enough, but hearing, like, the things you read, I'm like, it's making me upset yeah. as a oh, mom. Yeah, oh, it gets worse. It gets I'm worse. I'm like, listen, take care of your kid, man. Yeah, another sister comes along. So there's, you know, quite a few McAllister siblings here. Lenny is another sister. She comes along and calls Kevin incompetent. Sheesh. And reminds him that he's sleeping with Fuller. She reminds him this in a in a in a way to taunt him. Yes, no, yeah. he's sleeping with Fuller, which is a cousin who wets the bed. So it's getting a little extreme here. It's bordering on Kevin is being bullied. So he's been bullied by he Meg. is a hundred percent being bullied. He's being bullied by Jeff. He's been uh, his older brother, his yeah. older sister Megan, and his older sister Lenny. Now let's get to Buzz. Oh God, Buzz, played by actor. Devin Rattray. That's is, Buzz. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. He gets his own section in my notes <laughs> because he's terrible. No, he's the absolute worst. Ugh. Buzz is the oldest McAllister son. He's, for lack of a better word, I guess you would uh, consider him an alpha male type guy. He's, yeah. He's got a spiked haircut. He looks like he's maybe 15. Yes. Uh, 16 maybe. I don't know. I can never tell. Like, like I still, I still look at Buzz at, through my child eyes, and I'm like, right. you're like 20, and that's yeah. not true. He's cruel to Kevin. He has guns and sports stuff and bikini girls hanging on his wall and a horrible haircut. Yeah, FYI. that's what I said. Spiked haircut. Yeah, and no, he, but it's horrible. Yeah, and he owns a tarantula. I'm especially angry. <laughs> I'm especially angry about Buzz. This is what really upsets me about Buzz. Right. <laughs> is because the McAllister parents seem to not realize. That they've raised an absolute tool for a son. He's horrible. Like, and it's... It's obvious to everyone. It's obvious to everyone. And I have said several times, I said, if any of our kids behaves to each other... We have two kids. Yes. But if I saw our son treating his little sister, our daughter, the way, like, anywhere, the way Buzz or Jeff or Megan, but especially Buzz... Yeah. I'd say, you probably have to... Oh, you're done. Yeah, you forget it. Like, you're finished. Yeah. Because I would, I would, I would have to. I yeah, mean, no. I don't know. I don't want to say what I would do. It would be bad. <laughs> no, ha- but no. But the bottom line that would not fly. Let's just say in I'd, our gra- house. I'd, I'd grab him by the collar and force him into his room, right? And have a few words to say for him. You know, right? And like, like I now, 
interesting left. We now we've been we've been like binge watching Home Alone and Home Alone Two, honestly, all throughout November and December. We at at one point we watched this with our kids. Yeah, and our son who's six and he's really starting to like be perceptive. Right, he was having a really hard time with how Kevin was being treated. Yeah, well, it's pretty bad. He was like when you lay it out. He was like, Mom, Dad, like. Why are they so mean? And we're like, okay, no, that's part of the point. We're like, it is, you're getting but, it. But when you really line item this stuff, it's yeah. really bad. It's awful. Someone so, in our con- someone in on our Instagram post because uh, we we posted something about you know all the all the screaming that's done in, in Home Alone. And I said, ha, right. ha, ha. I was kind of being funny. I was like, ha ha. It's about you know really just about different people screaming. And someone commented, "It's really about neglect." And I'm like, you're not wrong. Yeah, we're we're getting there. Yeah, yeah no, I'm just, but I'm saying it like. It, no, I know I'm just saying. It's 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 kind of true. Yeah, so Kevin comes into Buzz's room and meanwhile he interrupts a conversation with Buzz and another cousin. I think another yes. cousin that was mm-hmm. there and he's trying to find out basically about French women. God. You know, so because he's Because he's a specimen. Right. So he's he's interrupted by Kevin when Kevin comes into his room wanting some help. <laughs> he berates Kevin for coming into his room and that's interrupted, thank God, because I don't know yeah. how much of that I could have seen. No. And I, don't, I honestly don't know where, who knows where Buzz would have went with it, because it was getting worse and worse. He was just yeah. being really mean to Kevin. But they're interrupted when Buzz sees old man Marley outside. Now, he's an older gentleman who is a neighbor. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're watching him from the window, this old, old man. And, you know, it's snowing outside yes. Chicago. He's got an icy sidewalk, and he starts to shovel salt on it. And Buzz, Kevin, and the cousin, mm-hmm. this is a young boy, they stare out the window as Buzz tells them what he knows about Marley. Or as he calls What him, he thinks he knows about Marley. <laughs> yeah, calls him the South Bend Shovel Slayer. Wow. Who committed mass murder in 1958 with his shovel and uses salt to turn the bodies into mummies. So, it, and he does look very ominous. And, yeah, you know, yeah. And, I mean, and, the shot lends itself yeah, to the mystery. And Marley's kind of tall and slender, and he's got a beard, and he looks kind of stern, and he yeah. looks up at him, and they duck down, you know. So, <laughs> you got, and you got the music that's kind of like scary, and Kevin's yeah. like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, so Kevin's freaked out. So we've we've set up another fear for Kevin. Yeah, the sl- the subplot is suddenly set up about right. about old man Marley. <laughs> Eventually, pizza is delivered to the McAllister home. It's still crazy. Peter comes to pay the pizza bill, and finally the police officer, played by Joe Pesci... Still there. Yes. He finally gets a chance to talk to Mr. McAllister. The police officer kindly tells Peter that he's there just to make sure he's mindful of security, since there's a lot of burglaries during the holidays. Everyone begins to feast on the pizza. Kevin begins to move around and inspect various pizzas. He's looking for a certain kind. He only eats cheese pizza. And he's a typical kid, a young, he's a typical yeah. young kid that is grossed out by anything other than cheese pizza. Like, right. our, I mean, our, our kid is kind of like that. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. So we get there. And I, yeah. So Kevin asks if a cheese pizza was ordered for him and we get the impression this is probably something the family always does. You know, yeah. anybody get a cheese pizza for me? They did, in fact, order a cheese pizza. Well, let's, let's go back. Buzz, who ordered the pizza, which we found that out earlier. Right. Did order a cheese pizza, but ate it on purpose. Because he's awful. And begins to taunt Kevin about his pizza being gone. After consistent persecution by his family, we don't really blame Kevin when he loses it. And he does. He attacks Buzz, 
who was not expecting it, Buzz kind of falls back <laughs> yeah. into cups of milk, which... Why are they drinking Why milk are they pizza? drinking milk for dinner? Why are you drinking milk at with night? Pizza? Like, I just... So it spills everywhere. These cups of milk, it's like, nasty. It, I mean, the thing is, like, even if you don't yeah. have a dairy issue, nobody has that much dairy at night. Come right. So, so the milk gets everywhere. It gets on the passports. Peter jumps up, spills soda everywhere, and chaos has ensued again. Kevin becomes the target of Kate, again, Mrs. McAllister, again. who breaks up the fight between Kevin and Buzz and berates Kevin and not Buzz once again. And again, I go back to the what you mentioned, the neglect. Yeah. Not paying attention to the fact that, again, apparently you've not paid attention for years that you've raised an absolute criminal for a son. <laughs> it's not funny, but yes. Yeah. No, he's awful. And you run over and catch the tail end of... Really Instead something. of asking, hey, what happened here? Yeah. I know as parents, look, as parents, you can sometimes look at the end result and assume, I get it, like, look, right. we're, no one's perfect, but like, this is consistent. Yes. This this is consistent. Isn't this the moment with the look what you did, yeah. you little jerk? Yeah, so, yeah, everyone's, so, Kevin is trying to explain himself to his mom. Poor baby. He's trying to explain, like, look, Buzz ate my pizza he knows I don't like all this stuff on pizza, and he and he's interrupted by Uncle Frank. Yeah, who looks like his dad's older brother, like he's an older yeah. uncle. Yeah, he's definitely older. And he screams out an iconic film in the line: "Look what you did, you little Wait, jerk!" He said an iconic film in the line. Oh, sorry. <laughs> keep that in. It's great. We'll keep it in. He screams out an iconic <laughs> line in the film, which is "Look what you did, you little jerk." Ugh. And everyone, everything kind of stops for yeah, a second. Yeah, it's silent. You look at everybody's faces all demonizing look, Kevin. Kevin. Our and son it, did not, our son was yeah, not having it no. at this point. He was like, Mom, I can't. This it's is really, terrible. It's really too much at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, Kate grabs Kevin, uh, kind of grabs him by the hand, takes him upstairs. Uh, she Before she does, she stops and pays for the pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little Nero's guy, I guess he's been there for, God, I mean, he's probably for like, been, what, 45 minutes? Yeah, I know. The whole time they're eating, he's standing there. <laughs> And for some reason, strangely, mm-hmm. the policeman is still there. Mm-hmm. And she talks to him. And this is where we find out where the McAllisters are going. Yeah, she's go- talking to him while she's fishing through her money in her wallet, by the way. Right. And here's what happened. Peter's brother, the dad's brother, transferred to Paris, but his kids still go to school in Chicago. So he's paying not only for his kids, but his whole family, including his extended family, the McAllisters, his brother, you know. Yeah. To come to Paris for a big holiday celebration. That is a lot of money. Yeah. and they're, for the 90s. Yeah, and they're leaving the next morning. Right. So that's the big thing they're getting ready for. Yes. That's the, why everybody's there. And the passports. And everybody's nuts. Yeah. Right. The policeman then leaves. He kind of was like, okay, great. You know, your house mm-hmm. is in good hands. He goes. Kate then sends Kevin up to the third floor, like an attic bedroom. Yes, Kevin protests. Which theoretically, would be great, but he. Sh- but remember, he's sharing right. the bed with with Fuller, who is actually played by his brother, his younger brother, his actual in real life younger brother. Yes, his actual. Let me see. His, who honestly looks just like him, so it's kind of it's it's. Yeah, well, he's got these little Peabody glasses. Ke- I yeah, know uh, he's a cutie. Kieran Culkin. Yeah, I, as an adult, when I watch the movie, I'm like, oh, y'all are totally related. Yeah, but as a kid, I obviously had no idea. Well, Kevin is protesting to having to sleep with Fuller. In response to this, Kate agrees to find other sleeping arrangements for Fuller, but still sends Kevin upstairs for the evening. Kevin's had it, and he decides to let loose his feelings. Yes. Which is, his whole family hates him. 
Kate, rather than being understanding, matches his anger with sarcasm, suggesting that Kevin asks Santa for a new family. Not a good, re- not the right reaction. Uh, no. Not the right reaction. To which Kevin responds, he doesn't want any family. Kate again directs Kevin upstairs. She says she doesn't want to see him for the rest of the night. Kevin responds with a statement, he doesn't want to see her for the rest of his life. <laughs> now, right here, if you remember this scene, mm-hmm. this actually appears to have an impact on Kate. Yeah. For a brief moment, we see that she appears shocked and hurt at this statement. But... And she may be acting crappy, but th- she's that still was mama. A, but that was a moment for her to say, you know what, Kevin? You know, let's that talk. Could've, it could have been a teaching moment. It could have been a, or, a, or, a mom or and son moment. A, like, a teaching moment or a clarification about yes. maybe maybe how bad the siblings have been. And how and how about this? Yeah, how about ad- the address fact, these how awful about, children. How about Uncle Frank as the adult calling his brother's kid a jerk? Now, that's awful. I would have admit, the thing is, no matter if my kid has been a jerk, and my kid can be a jerk. I wouldn't let my would, brother No, or my I'd be like, sister, listen, you don't get to call him that. You don't get to call him a jerk in front of his whole family and That's embarrass embarrassing. Him. I would have said something to, to Uncle Frank right there on the spot. Yeah, this is activating our mom and mama and daddy bear because, like uh, well, instincts real bad. Because we're going to see Uncle Frank a few more times later in the yeah. film. Mm-hmm. And he is a, a jerk. He Frank is, is. He's he, a jerk. He's an, I know. Yeah, he's a creep, and he's kind of self-centered. And all these, he but, is consistently a jerk. So in, instead of taking a moment, because you can see that she's impacted that he would yes. say that, that, like, wow, he really is angry. And she should he be said like, something. you know what? Let's look, look. What are you feeling? Like, right. Like, a set, let him get it out. But she Ugh. responds that maybe it would happen. His family would go away if he and that he should wish it again. To oh, which, my God. To no. which Kevin does. I hope I never see any of you jerks again. That's terrible. Kate looking not angry, but more disappointed, as if, in my opinion, she now seems like it likely could have all been prevented. She shuts the door, though. She's like, okay, whatever. You know, Kevin's... Right. Not assuming that anything that will happen is about to happen. And this is my final defense of Kevin. And then, again, a quick recap of everything that he's that he has endured, you know, the fir- in the first in sequence. In the first, like, the, what, the hour, first, yeah, I guess, first, it, of, his, of this timeline? I guess the timeline. I mean, in the, in the film, I think it's like the first 15, Oh, no, minutes, I mean, but, in the film, it's short. But, I mean, like, it seems like it's taking, you know. Has she had actually been using her parental faculties? <sighs> because, obviously, we know that when, when everything goes down and everything mm-hmm. gets tough, we know that, that Kate... That Kate loves her kids. She does. And, and she it, loves And it Kevin. is a nutty day. I, I'll but give her that. had she been using her parental faculties and the wherewithal to deal with each of her kids fairly, and Peter too, Kevin may have been being annoying, but by this point, it's he's beyond treated unfairly. Yeah. Let's look. Kevin was excluded by Uncle Frank. He was the only one excluded from watching this this movie. Yeah, and Fuller is, our, is younger than him. Right. Uh, so it seems, yeah. Why would, yeah. Refused help and taunted by his siblings or for something as simple as he wants to pack a suitcase. He doesn't know how. He's never done it. You know, he's refused help by his siblings and his parents are too, you know. Too preoccupied. I don't want to say busy because I'm even, like, what are you even doing? To either one, help him or two, teach him how to do it. Right. He's called incompetent, an idiot, helpless, and a disease by all of his siblings. Poor baby. His dinner was eaten by his delinquent older brother. He was called a jerk in front of his family by his adult uncle, Ugh. who was never, and he was never checked by another family member. No, they just, they, he, he was just. Aunt Leslie didn't check fine him. Fine to say that. And, 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 but if Aunt Leslie, she should have been beaten to it by Kate or Peter. It's, it's their kid. Seriously. And it was inappropriate. Kevin flops on the bed on the third floor and sulks and wishes his family would disappear. That night, 
Strong winds blow through. A tree branch snaps and hits a power line, causing the power to go out in the house, which includes all the alarm clocks. Right. Which leads us to the We next. didn't have iPhones in these days, Right. Kids. No, unfortunately. The power line being snapped again caused an outage, and the next morning, the alarm clocks didn't go off, and we see now... <laughs> Airport yeah. express vans are, scene, are at the house. The The drivers are knocking on the door. Mr. and Mrs. McAllister, Peter and Kate, they jump out of bed. <laughs> We've slept in. We slept in. Yeah. And then the iconic music. It's like used in every trailer right. ever for like 10 years after yeah. this. Chaos in the house ensues as the family gets ready. Kate gets a relative, Heather, to do a head count. As the family gets into the vans. All the while, a young boy in the neighborhood has stopped by to see what's going on. And he's, you know, he's kind of just... chatty Chad. Yeah, he's just... Whatever yeah, his name he's is. He's kind of a little nosy he's kid. He's a cutie, but like he he just talks. Yeah. He was in Overboard. He played one of the kids in Overboard. He was in Overboard? Yeah, he was one of the... He was one of like the... Oh, little, God, I love that just movie. Little, the, one of Kurt Russell's uh, crazy <laughs> kids. Little swamp rats. Yeah. <laughs> Inadvertently, Heather includes this boy in the head count. Yes, and, and and then dismisses everyone to the vans, Th- this thinking is, that they've got everyone. She thinks he's Kevin, oh, but then the boy goes home. Yeah, he's like, a- I'm out. After everyone gets in the vans, the boy's not Kevin. In fact, we've not seen Kevin at all by this point. As the family leaves, Kate is told by a city worker mm-hmm. that the power's back on, but the phone lines are out. Heather confirms to Kate the head count, and then the family is off to the airport where they barely make their flight, but they here's, make it. Here's the thing. Real quick, and I talked about this. My, we watched this in my classes with my students because they were like, "Why well, don't I watch Home Alone?" And I, they were, you know, they were talking about how could you leave your kid? And I was like, "Listen, no matter what kind of group I'm with, I'm looking for my little heads, right? That, my little here. children that belong to me. Oh yeah. And if I don't see them, everything yeah. will stop. Everything stops, and I will find them. You will. Right. Find, I'm not saying just me. You too. We will find them. Yes. So like. Again, this goes back to the. I hate to say because I love Catherine O'Hara. It's a movie. I'm aware, but no, it's there, neglect. There's like, some problems in the McAllister family. You need to be looking for your own no, children. I need. I need to see their faces. There needs to be some adjustments made in the way yeah, they behave. Like the way if they treat, I don't see Yossi or Kess, we're stopping. We're reassessing. They're kind of some selfish people. Yeah, Ugh, and it's so frustrating. Like I said, I, there needs to be some adjustments. Right. I, there think needs it, to be, I don't think I'd be as fired up as I weren't a, if I weren't a parent, honestly. Right. <laughs> now, maybe somebody can do a podcast episode in defense of the McAllister parents and all that. But uh, what I'm, I'm saying not here is, for it. Uh, you know, look, I, people make mistakes. I'm not saying that they're horrible. I'm just saying they have some issues. Yeah, no, I'm here for a mistake. They, but, but they, need some, they need some... Straight up forgetting your kid now. They need some reworking as yes, a family. Yes, agreed. They need some so counseling. At any rate, uh, all appears to be well at this point as yes. the McAllisters and company get settled onto their flight. Back at the McAllister home, we see... Now, if you're watching the movie, you've seen the previews, you know what this movie's about. Yes, of course. Whether you... I seeing, mean, most of you have already seen the movie, right. so you're well, here whether you're for watching, this. Whether you're watching this in the 90s or you're just now watching it for the first time in recent, you know... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know what this is about. So, this isn't really a bombshell when we, no. go, when we go back to the McAllister home and see the door creak open and Kevin oh, comes baby. out. He had just woken up. He comes out of the third floor bedroom to a very quiet house. Which is not the norm. No, he was left not behind. Not right now. No, he was left behind. You see, when Kate found alternative sleeping arrangements for Fuller, that meant Kevin was alone in the third floor and was forgotten amidst the chaos of everyone sleeping in. And she legit forgot her kid. Yeah. Which I don't understand. I don't care how many people are there. The power outage leading to the chaotic morning 
Fuller's redirection, leaving Kevin alone in the third floor, and the accidental counting of the neighborhood boy at the vans, <laughs> and I think an overarching just neglect and ignorance. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, like, like you said, there's some things that need to be yeah. touched on because I understand getting... Like, like, let's say we're on a we're going on a trip, and I forget Yossi's I don't know tablet or yeah. like shorts or something. I get that, but not forgetting him, the, the actual person, like right. the, the child that I'm packing for. No, I don't forget him. Yeah, but to be fair to the storytelling, it had to be that bad. Yes, in order for us to be here for the story. Right. We want. We want. We we the audience needed that one. Yes. We needed to want the family gone. Right. So that we could enjoy the, the, Kevin yeah, the, enjoying his life by himself. Yes, the adventures so that like unfold. The 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 atrocities, even though you know you you get upset about it, I get upset right. about it. it. They they do serve a purpose. So we need to remember that this yes. is a storytelling thing. It's a movie. It's not actually promoting neglect by any means. No, because, but like I said, but you know, Kevin's family. No, they, they, were, sucked, they were. Though. They were acting like a bunch of they jerks. Sucked. They were completely. The plane takes off for France, so it's not getting any better. <laughs> I mean, they are huh. gone. Yeah, and, she, and 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 what's crazy is that Catherine O'Hara's character is like, oh, I feel like I forgot something. Yeah, yeah. Kevin is, yeah, so we're getting there. Yeah. And Kevin, is, <laughs> but right now, Kevin's confused yeah. as to where yes. everyone's at. He's exploring his empty house. He, it seems that maybe he thinks he just got up first, but he clearly starts to feel like something's wrong. Yeah. He starts calling for his mom. Oh. Back on the plane, Frank is, Uncle Frank, is stealing crystal goblets. You know, I can't stand. I just that was the can't one time. That stand him. Yeah, the, that was the one time he was kind of funny. He, I mean, it was funny, but still, he's the worst human. Other than that, he's just yeah, he's just kind of a creep. <laughs> he but, is. But, but again, all seems well. It makes me wonder whose brother, whose brother he is. Do we know whose I think brother he, he is? I think he's Peter's brother. I think he's on the. <sighs> I mean, not that it matters. I think he's on the dad's side. Yeah, I just don't like him. Yeah, uh, Kevin searches his house and finds himself in the basement where we find that he's terrified of this big furnace. Aww. And 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 they kind of film it. Yeah. At, as if we're seeing what Kevin thinks he sees, which the furnace... Which I love. The furnace, I love that. The furnace comes alive and calls his name out. You know, Kevin <laughs> runs off. He goes outside and sees cars, not realizing, because he's a kid. Yeah. Not realizing the airport shuttles have taken his family to the airport. Kevin comes to a child's reality realization based on the previous I love night. that we. I love that the, they take us on that journey with yeah. him, though. He made a wish, and it must have come true, <laughs> and that wish... And he was surprised because, you know, he says to himself, I made my family disappear. And he, then. He then replays in his head all of the bad treatment from his family, mm-hmm. including, look what you did. And it's, it's different. It's, <laughs> it's not, different. It's not the it actual is. scenes. You could tell that they actually filmed these separately. Yeah. <laughs> because the look what you did, you little jerk, was even worse. Like, you little jerk. <laughs> like, he was, it was even worse. I know. Well, because, I mean, isn't that true, though? When you go through something terrible, it's magnified, and especially to a kid. This leads Kevin to it's have. It's perfect. Kind of this, uh, kind of a moment where he's he, like, he, yes. he, well, he kind of breaks the fourth wall. He kind of looks at us, yeah, and has this satisfied smile on his face and says, "I, I made, made my, my family, family disappear. disappear." Like, yes. We then, we then get this uh, <laughs> montage of Kevin basically doing what any whatever kid, the heck yeah, he wants. What any kid will probably do: jumping on the bed while he's eating. I was so happy for him to be honest. Yeah. I was like, "Yes, honey, you do it." And he's running around the house. He's going through Buzz's stuff. Uh, he's shooting Buzz's BB gun in the house. Eating junk food. He's like eating ice cream at like 11 o'clock in the oh, morning. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then he's watching this movie. And this is important to talk about this movie. Yes. Okay, because, yes. Because yes. this is a film within a film. They they made this film to be in the movie. And see, I all this time was like, I wonder what movie they're using. Yeah. 
because like it's got to be a movie and Toby blew my mind when he told me that it was for the movie. Yes, yeah, for the movie. And I had no idea. The name of the movie is Angels with Filthy Souls. <laughs> and there's filthy. and what's funny is in Home Alone 2 there's a sequel to Angels of Filthy uh, Angels with Filthy Souls. There's like a part 2 and there's a sequel within the sequel. So Of course there is. So Kevin's watching a particular <laughs> scene. He's watching a particular scene. And this is the scene that plays out for the rest of the movie when yeah, we see it again. Yes. Where two men are who appear to be an organized crime <laughs> have an argument over money and one of them mows the other one down with a machine gun <laughs> and then it has this line, Keep the change, you filthy animal. And yeah. It, it, it's it's yeah, funny. ugly, yellow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. No good keister off my property. It's yeah, got this whole yeah. part, you know. Now we're back to what appears to be evening on the flights like we're, we're back on the plane now. right suddenly kate has a terrible feeling described only really as what you would call the supernatural parental instinct yeah that, that premonition wrong. that she had way too late right yeah to be fair it comes over her and she feels like something is missing yeah she she yeah she feels like she's forgotten something yeah something's not right which is accurate her and peter talk it through and they realize that peter left the garage open okay but that's... I love that that's what comes to them first. That's not it. Kate, <laughs> Kate is still troubled. And then Peter asks the, the million-dollar question, what else could we be forgetting? And then there's and a long pause. There's this a few seconds, and it dawns on Kate. She realizes what happened, and what did she say? Kevin! Yeah. Kevin! This, this is our first... I think this that was the first post we did. Right. Uh, uh, advertising the show for this yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kate, Kate is literally in shock. Um, you Although know, I will say her Kevin in the first one is out uh, the the second one outdoes it. Yeah, that's yeah, the well, iconic one. Right. So, so <laughs> I will say that. I think we go we show Kevin around the house a mm-hmm. little bit and then it goes back to the plane where we see Kate literally in shock surrounded by Peter, Frank and Leslie. Yes. Uh she has like what you would call a 50-yard stare. She's just kind of like She's yeah, she's in, yeah, she, I mean, she's, she's in shock. I yeah. forgot my child. She can't home. believe what's happened. She's guilty, she's terrified. Frank is sitting here in frank fashion, not at all an encouraging wor- presence. No. He, he's, he's it's horrible. Oh, it's horrible. This is horrible. Meanwhile, you're and then awful. He, then he laments. You know, if it makes you feel any better, I left my reading glasses. I just could kick him in the to which confir- it just confirms the type of person. He yes, is. He, yeah. he's just not. He's very self involved. Yeah, it's all about his comfort, and it's about to get potentially worse for Kevin because. We now go back to the McAllister's neighborhood <laughs> where we see a van, a plumbing company van. Mm-hmm. Two men are inside it. And strangely enough, one of them is the police officer played by Joe Pesci from earlier. We have the gleaming tooth. Yeah, he's not a police officer at all, as no. it turns out. One, parti- one particular house, the McAllister house, is actually this prized target for Harry and Marv. Played Marv. By, Marv is played by Daniel Stern, who are career criminals. Yes. They're partners. They call themselves the Wet Bandits. Well, well Marv. Stern calls... I was going <laughs> to yeah, say Marv, Marv calls them but still, the Wet Bandits. Harry is clearly the mastermind, while Marv is like the simpleton follower. It's Yeah, it's very... They, they, I remember when I was a kid, I remember thinking they remind me of Jasper and Horace from 101 Dimensions. Right. Yeah, because they have the okay. same van. Yeah, that, yeah, same... Same like, oh, we're going to get the the puppies from this house. Like yeah. I remember thinking, that's Jasper and Horace, except they're funnier. Well, they have no idea that Kevin has left, has been left. Yeah, right. And they make their first attempt at robbing the house. Like I said, you know, um, they've been casing this neighborhood for some time. Yeah. And this house particularly is like... And the, that's fair. It's massive. Yeah, and this is the one that that Harry's like... This yeah, is he the, said he's had his eye on it. Yeah. So they make their first attempt to break into the house. 
Kevin sees them through a window and flips a light on. It confuses and spooks Marvin and Harry, who leave. Right, because they saw the whole family leave. Right. Kevin then runs under the ta- uh, runder- runs under the bed, his parents' bed, and hides. My poor Kevin. Meanwhile, we go to France. Back in France, the family makes a mad dash for the phones. Kate and her two daughters get a woman off the phone. Uh, Meg and Lenny help. Right. You know, get this woman off the phone, this poor French woman <laughs> who just happened to be on the phone. I know. She just gets Peter goes to book a flight immediately back to Chicago. Yeah. So everyone is suddenly worried about Kevin. No, exactly. Like like you said, they're suddenly worried right. about Kevin. They didn't care at all yeah. about him being mistreated before. Yeah, back home, Kevin decides to be brave. And as the man of the house steps Aww. outside and declares this, he's like, I'm not afraid anymore. My sweet you know, boy. All is fine, though. Yeah. Yeah, until, until he sees. He, Mr. Marley, <laughs> yeah. who just happens to kind of walk around the corner with a shovel and he just kind of looks down at Kevin. Kevin screams. Now, the, the Macaulay Culkin scream yes, cannot just be... just so iconic. Yeah, cannot be replicated. No. But, you know, he does it several times throughout the film. Well, it, and, and this scream is just like... It's just a long shot of him in the like going into the house and then in the house and then through the rooms. It's fantastic. Right. And remember, all the phone lines in the neighborhood are down, so... That's right. They're still down. So... When Kate is trying to call home, you know, they can't get anybody. Oh, yeah. And she talks to these two incompetent police officers. Remember the one that was eating the donut? Oh, my God. the child ever done Just asking all these goofy questions. They're able to get an officer to check on the house. Kevin's still hiding, so the officer can't detect him. Oh, bless him. So he's like, you know what? Tell them to count their kids again. There's nobody here. Seriously, just terrible police officers. (laughs) Terrible adults. Another problem is, yeah. Another problem is with it being the holidays, all the flights everywhere are booked for the next for the next two days. So Peter can't get a flight to get them back to Chicago. Sheesh. So he decides to take the kids and the rest of the family to his brothers, while Kate decides to stay at the airport and get a seat. To fly back to Chicago. Right. Maybe something will open up on standby. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to get... So she stays. Kate stays behind and tries to... You know, her quest is to get back to Kevin. And Kevin is at home enjoying being... He's actually fine yeah, for he, now. Yeah, he's, he's... He's great. Yeah, he takes money from Buzz's life savings, which who knows how much. Maybe, which Buzz, like... Yeah, it's probably, like, it's let's, like let's really be honest about your future anyway. Like, come on. I don't mean to be rude, right. but... Buzz is rude. So he takes so. Buzz's money. He has to climb up on the, the top shelf, he, and, and he ends up falling and takes <laughs> takes all the he shelves. He demolishes the yeah. room, man. Wh- which is very satisfying. It also yes. causes Buzz's tarantula to escape. It scurries off to parts unknown. But, nope. we have, but, but we will see him again. See that. <laughs> As we know. Yeah. Uh, Kevin goes out shopping. So he's like, you know, he's adapting. Uh, which, I mean, like... The cool thing about Kevin is that, you know, they all assume, oh, you're the youngest, you're an idiot, you don't know how to pack your own stuff. Right. But then when we see him without any support. Left to his own devices. We actually realize he's a very resourceful young yeah, man. he's smart, he's creative. Yes, he, he actually is much smarter than his entire family. I would say. Gives him credit for. Of course. And, obvi- and it's Macaulay Culkin who is, you know... He already was a very intelligent kid, so he just plays yeah, it brilliantly. Yeah, he played it really well. Yeah. yeah. So while Kevin is out shopping, Harry and Marv are actually robbing another house in the neighborhood, <laughs> the Murphy house. Right. And while they're there, they get a call from Peter, who confirm that, which confirms that, well, they are in Paris. Yes. Because, you know, they went the first time. Yeah. And Kevin flipped the light on, and they were like, wait, I thought they were in Paris. He goes, well, they were. They left this morning. Let's get out of here. But yeah. then they get this phone call, and they're like, wait, they are in Paris. So... They're like, well, okay, never What's mind. Okay, like, so, yeah. yeah. 
uh, Kevin tries to buy a toothbrush. We go, we, we get back to Kevin. Yeah. Who's try, who tries to buy a toothbrush, but he sees in the store Mr. Marley. And Wasn't he trying to find out if it was like dentist approved yeah, or he so, asked, something? Yeah, like he some asked, kind of a some, F- some, FDA approved? Yeah, it was some ridiculous question. Like, is this approved by the American Dental Association? Oh, bless this but kid. he sees Mr. Marley and runs off and accidentally steals the toothbrush. Yes. He, he runs off with it in his hand. And they're like, oh, Dave, shoplifter. Yeah. On the way home, you know, like, yeah, he looks at the, I'm a criminal, you know. Bless his heart. Well, he encounters Harry and Marv. Who had just robbed a house? It seems that, and he seems to recognize Harry when he sees him in the van. Yep, mm-hmm. and it kind of spooks Harry out. He's kind of like that kind of like the way that kid looked at me. Yeah, yeah. So they follow Kevin, who ends up escaping. That's when he hides in the nativity scene in the <laughs> church. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was so cool. Like that oh, was, was neat. clever. Yeah, our kids loved that part. Harry and Marv are unable to to track Kevin down, but Kevin is able to put two and two together. He realizes that Harry and Marv are stalking that neighborhood. Yeah. They're up to he's no good. He's a smart kid. And he says as he goes home, uh, he's like, you know, when they come back, I'll be ready. So later that night, he uses mannequins. This is Kevin. He's so dang smart. Yeah, like, mannequins and, and cardboard cutouts to make it seem like the house is full of people. Right. Harry and Marv, is again, they're attempting to hit the house again. They're foiled. They're like, what is going on? Yeah. You know? So they have to go back, you know, go back and regroup, <laughs> I guess, you know. When we get back to France, Peter is everyone's miserable yeah. because of what has happened. No one's having as they should as be. As they should be. This is their penance. Peter can't get anywhere on the phone. He can't speak French, you know, and right. he's, he's having he's having a hard time making any kind of, you know, contact outside of France. The kids are miserable and Megan has a conversation with Buzz where she's actually worried about Kevin. Yeah. Buzz is not worried at all. He's like, Oh, the little, you know, little craphead deserves it basically in his mind. So, Buzz so, is the worst. Buzz, completely morally bereft and actually stupid. Yeah, no, honestly. he's the worst. You know, he's truly terrible. But it's okay because Kevin gets revenge on Buzz. He, he uses Buzz's money to get a <laughs> cheese pizza all for himself. Mean- yes. Meanwhile, he pranks the little Nero's delivery guy by playing the shooting scene from Angels with Filthy Souls. <laughs> yes. He, like he plays it, and makes him th- makes him think that. He's yeah. talking to him, <laughs> He's and then smart. and then shooting in the shooting scene. He makes, yeah, makes him run off. Yeah, it's funny. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Right now, Kate gets some success. She's able to convince a couple to sell them to sell her their plane ticket. Yeah, to get back to the states. So she she's and they able, don't want to though. They're no, they're they're kind of reluctant. No, but she does. She's able to. Yeah. You know, she's able to to play on their sympathy and say, "Please, I'm trying to get back to my son." You know. So she's able to get a flight back to the States. By this point, Kevin is beginning to miss his family. Mm. But he's still enjoying being alone. Yeah. You know, he goes shopping on his own. He does the laundry. He confronts his fear of the furnace. He goes downstairs. Remember, the furnace starts doing then He goes, yes. shut up or something. That just... was huge. We watched that again with our son who's six. And he, that was huge for him. He was like, oh, my gosh. He overcame his fear. Because our kid's really scared of nighttime in the dark. Yeah, it's so important. So that was, that was a very cool moment for our sons. And I forget. I don't remember. I don't remember seeing that, like, feeling like that as a kid. But to see it through our kids' eyes, I was like, oh, man, that's actually, that's pretty important that they put that in the film. Yeah. Because we as adults love it, but, you know, kids genuinely get something out of it as well. Yes, definitely. Okay, so Harry and Marv, they're <laughs> confused, but something's They're not, not deterred, though. No, something's not adding up. So they go back to kind of see what is happening here. Yeah. Because they said they were in Paris, and, and we're seeing this weird stuff. So Harry sends Marv to case the house. 
Kevin detects Marv, who's not at all like stealthy. Oh, the worst one. Yeah. Don't send him on a stealth Kevin mission. Kevin uses Yeah, Kevin turns on Angels with Filthy Souls a third time. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. And then lays firecrackers at the door. Yeah. And Marv is listening, and he thinks that the movie is two people inside the house talking. And then when the shooting scene starts, the firecrackers go It just go adds a, an added layer of reality. <laughs> yeah. Marv is dim-witted and thinks he's walked up on a killing. Oh, my God. And he runs back to the van. Somebody got blown away. <laughs> He's convinced that two other robbers must have beat them to the job and I guess started to fight each other. And I don't. Harry, though, is actually smart. He's got some yes. smarts. He's like, I'm not falling yeah, for this crap. So he's not convinced. But once again, they're foiled. They have to go back. So, right. you know. The, Kevin is successfully postponing keep, yeah, this. He's keeping them at issue. bay. Kate has found her way to Scranton. Okay. Scranton. She's desperately trying to get to Chicago. She's unable to get a plane ticket, and then she actually begins to break down. Yeah. And then we see while she's kind of like begging like the ticket person, the airline ticket person, like, please, please, yeah. please. We see this. Our hero. We see this figure in yes. the background. And even though he's blurred and kind of, you know, out of focus. 80s and 90s kids know. We can see the very kind soul behind her watching this <laughs> is John Candy. John Blessed Candy. Uncle Buck, John Candy. Yes! Yeah, we Uncle love John. Buck. I mean, there's so many things about uh, John Candy we love. Yeah. He's just perfect. We love and miss John Candy. Just such a big teddy bear. He's also a, in The Rescuers Down Under. Yeah, he's he was just, the voice of yeah. uh, Wilbur. Yeah, so she's noticed by a very kind polka musician <laughs> with, a very, um, <laughs> overest- with a very overestimated opinion of his popularity. Yes, bless him. But he is a sweet guy. His name is Gus Polinski. Who offers <laughs> to give? Yeah, neck. who's getting? Who's with his polka band? Yeah, and they're they're getting on this big U-Haul truck and are going to drive. And they said, "Hey, you know, Chicago's on the way. I think they're going to Milwaukee or something." They're so, yeah, they're so sweet. They're so kind to her. So they offer her a ride. Or to, he's so, so kind. So, to her. so he saves the day in many ways. Uh, what was it? We were watching it, and you were you when we were watching it. You were like, "Man, like I feel like you could do anything if you've got." Someone yeah, like John Candy no, just yeah, you're supportively having, yeah, standing behind you're you. You're having your worst day. <laughs> you're terrified. You, you, you've probably made the biggest mistake of your yes, life as a absolutely, parent. absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I will say this for, for Kate. She really is beginning to see. We really are seeing. Not she's not beginning to see. We are beginning to see that she truly does love her son. And she has royally screwed up and she is feeling every bit of that. She's feeling every bit yes, of it. Yes, she deserves it, but also but, I feel for it. But even on your worst day when you've made your worst decision, you've yeah. made your worst mistake, it'd be wonderful <laughs> to know that in your lowest moment when you turn around, there is John Candy. There's John Candy! To help you with your predicament. I know. I want yeah. that. I want that in my life. Yeah, I'm I not going to lie. I need so, a John Candy. Yeah, we need life. that. So he's like the angel. Oh, bless. This, yeah, he is, though. He's really, so sweet. Like, when you look at him, when he's looking, he's like, oh, oh, what's like, going what? on? Yeah. Golly. What a guy. So Kevin is, you know, again. He's preparing for battle. He's preparing pretty yeah, much. Harry, at this point, has become obsessed with the Al- McAllister. It home. is the white whale. Yeah. He's be- it's, right. It's his Moby Dick. Yes. They're still watching the house. They, yeah. come, they come back to watch the house some more, and Kevin comes outside to cut down a Christmas tree. Oh. Harry realizes that they have been duped. Kevin <laughs> is home alone, and with only a child to contend with, Harry and Marv believe they can still hit the McAllister Yeah, piece home, of cake. And they plan to return at 9 p.m. for the big job. Kevin overhears this and now misses his family. Big time misses his family. Oh. 
And he goes and he finds a fake Santa and asks him for his family back. Remember the guy? Yeah. Oh God. And Santa's got a little get together. He's got, got a little get together. Yeah, oh, the get together. Golly. Yeah. Like so, he sees Santa, who's just like this, this, this dude. Looks like he's in like in his early thirties. He's just trying to make a, just some Christmas money to like go yeah. to a few bars. And That's he's, it. He, he's at a candy cane, so he gives Kevin like two Tic Tacs and don't spoil your dinner. What is? Oh my God. But he tells the adults in this film. Right. So Kevin tells the fake Santa. <laughs> I just want my family for Christmas. Um, he then goes to a church, you know, which is, again, a place he sees that, you know. A, be- a source of benevolent yeah, good, where you I can, know. Yeah, just a place where, oh, I can, uh, where I can wish something to so come true. So yeah. we have Santa, we have God. Uh, he meets Mr. Marley, and he's quite scared when he yeah. sees Mr. Marley walk up to him in the church. So we've seen Mr. Marley as part of this, We're like, oh, man, this subplot and learns that he's nothing like the stories that... No. Uh, He's nothing like the stories told about him. Right. He's a kind man, but he is troubled because he's estranged from his son. He kind of tells the story. They have this really... This is one of my favorite parts of the movie. This is such a sweet moment. Uh, Mr. Marley gives Kevin perspective about families, helping him to realize that families are complicated. Yeah. And sometimes difficult things to navigate, but deep down they're held together by love. And after hearing this sage advice, and also after hearing Mr. Marley's own situation with his son, that they had some kind of fight. He didn't really go into it, just said that he said things, I said things, I said yeah. I didn't want to see him. Kevin encourages Mr. Marley to make amends with his son. Yeah. Marley actually listens. Yeah, he's and, like, if I, he said, no matter how mad I would be, I would want to talk to my dad. Yeah, he's actually listening to him and, and appears impacted by Kevin's advice. He tells him to run along home, though. Kevin gets home, prepares for 9 p.m., when the wet bandits arrive. So this is the big... <laughs> the wet bandits. Now listen, listen. The mo- the best part of the movie. Okay, and you really can't do this part justice explaining it. No. I mean, to do no, this part any justice, it. you have to see the movie. The climax of this film is a 15-minute sequence where Kevin reigns terror <laughs> on Harry and Marv. As it's they, fantastic. As they attempt to infiltrate the home. We just took a video of our daughter watching it tonight. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's... The, you it's gotta, just... Yeah, it's, it's well, fantastic. Brooke has, it's all these, so our daughter is three. <laughs> and she, and yeah, well, when she watches it. Home Alone, she feels bad for Harry and Marv. She's like, because oh, no. they're having all these bad things happen to him. Yeah. And then she's like, basically all the things that you're not supposed to feel bad for, right. she feels bad for. So essentially Kevin booby traps the house. Yes. Whether it's, uh. This is all I ever wanted to do as a kid. What, this is all yeah, I ever wanted to do. Heating up doorknobs, you know. Putting Gosh. glass Christmas balls on the Where are the floor. criminals that I could have done this to is yeah, what I want He's got like know. tar on, you know, he ices his steps, which could have killed him, I by just want to know. <laughs> um, I just want to know where he learned all this stuff. You know, you know, it's just. Like how, what yeah. access did he have to this? Right. Well, anyway. I'm not mad about I, it. I, I just, just want to know. To go through it line by line, look, you, you'd have to see it. it. It doesn't do it justice. So. Kevin has filled this house house with all kinds of treacheries, <laughs> and the wet bandits fall for all of them, causing them cringeworthy amounts of pain. I think my favorite, though, that I have to talk about <laughs> is this particular part where they're chasing after Kevin in the house. I think Marv grabs Marv grabs Kevin's ankle <laughs> and is like pulling on it, and this is where Buzz's tarantula comes back out. Oh yeah, Kevin grabs the tarantula. Drop it, drops it on Marv's face, puts it like right on his nose. Oh yes, and it's... we get the iconic <laughs> and irreplicable—that's even a word. Yes, cannot be replicated. Daniel Stern's scream, which is just 
I don't can't, it's not male, it's not female. No, it it's, is it is it is an emission of the soul. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's just so Oh gosh, it's awful. Fun. I can't oh, yeah. I can't. And then And he, he he's just so funny. He jumps up and the And spi- again, our daughter was sad for the spider, yeah. not him. And then he jumps up and the spider lands on Harry and he's like, Don't move, Harry. He's like, What are you doing, Marv? He's like, Don't, What are you doing, Marv? He's like, Don't move. And the the spider gets away and he ends up hitting <laughs> He hits Harry with the crowbar. It's anyway. so funny. Oh, gosh. Oh, it, it's, it's just so funny. So in the end, the wet bandits are ultimately defeated. Yes. yes. But They're ne- bested. But they do nearly catch Kevin as he makes his escape. Kevin tries to make... He makes his escape through... He, he zip lines over to the next house. Yes. I believe. No, what, to his tree house. Yeah. He, well, he zip lines, and, but he gets, at, he gets down. Right, right. And he escapes through the next door neighbor's house. That's it. Okay. Or the Murphy home because it's filled with water because the wet bandits had hit it. That's right. But I'm not sure. Either way, Kevin does try to escape through the second home. Yeah. The Murphy home. Yes. And he's cornered by Marv and Harry. They get him. Yeah. But <laughs> Kevin is saved by Mr. Marley, who ironically uses his shovel. His shovel so he yes. actually does become the South Bend <laughs> shovel slayer when he knocks out Harry and Marv Aww. and gets Kevin to safety. He's a sweet guy. He's precious. I love yeah. him so much. Now, he's, just a, he's a sweet papa. And, of course, it must be said that the police arrive and the wet bandits are arrested. Harry and Marv are taken away. Justice is served. Now, remember, Kate is traveling. She's on, en route. She's en route. <laughs> and she has she's a, having her own misadventures. She, she, that, and she's having her own, I think, realization that... A much needed. A much needed realization. Well, she has a conversation with Gus. Kate learns... That parents make mistakes, essentially. They do. No parent is perfect. They do. And I think Kate needed to know that as well. Otherwise, it would have been hard to bounce back. You got to eventually. Yeah. You make big mistakes as people. We do. Yeah. But you got to bounce back. All I mean. parents are going to make mistakes that they that that feel that feels very irreparable. Right. Um. But yeah, you've got to know there's a way back. Right. And I think now, that, granted, so, this I, is a pretty. <laughs> if this were real life, Kevin would probably be. For sure, in therapy, well into his forties, right? Maybe. After this, but still, I mean, you know. Yeah. Well. So, but the bottom line is the conversation with Gus. It, it, it was it was so good, not only to get the ride that she needed to Chicago. Yes. But but Gus is a, a kind and sweet soul mm-hmm. who kind of gives her some perspective about look, you know, parents mess up. It's, it's yeah. What they do. Yeah. It's true. It's true. The next morning, Kate makes it home. And her and Kevin share an embrace. It's very sweet. And you know what I like, though, too? For a minute there, he's kind of like... like he, he looks left, at her like, yeah. man, Mom, like, dang. And she, you know, she does. She she says, Kevin, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It, you know, it, so it, 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 I felt like they did it right. Yes. They did that moment There needed right. to be a Kevin, I'm so sorry. And then as soon as their embrace is over, the whole family busts in. They, they were able to find a flight. I know. They all happily embrace Kevin. And Buzz particularly, even Buzz, I know, is impressed with his ability to hold down the fort and run the house in their absence. The film ends with Kevin watching from a window as Marley embraces his son, having reconciled with him. That gets me every that, time. That really does choke me up. That gets me. Because it's just, yeah, it was just really sweet. And Well, because that, that happens, you yeah, know? And Junk happens like that. It and does. It's just sweet to and, see the reunion. And it was sweet to see... 
as he's hugging his son, he sees Kevin. Yeah. And in a moment of thankfulness, I think almost just this. Yeah. Like, like hey, thanks for. Hey, we did it. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. He yeah, they yeah, really kind of jointly. They, they kind of both had this. <laughs> yeah, you know, they in a moment of thankfulness, he acknowledges Kevin and waves to him. Aww. Kevin watches happily, but behind him, <laughs> we hear from a distance, <sighs> Buzz scream angrily, "Kevin, what did you do to my room?" And Kevin the, looks shocked and runs off. The McCulloch Culkin face. Yeah. yeah the... <laughs> so, yeah, and that is all Look, one. I mean, it wasn't ever going to wrap up perfectly because we do have this crazy family. No. However. <laughs> yeah, and also I want to add, um, what's his name? Peter finds the gold tooth that got knocked That's out. That's right. Because right? um, Harry loses his gold tooth and he gets hit by one yeah. of the paint cans. Well, they always make a point from the moment we meet Harry to make that golden tooth kind like, of ding. Yeah, yeah, shine. We did that on the same time. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like you're meant to notice it. Yeah. So it's perfect. So this is just a great. <laughs> he finds yeah. it. This is this has everything. It's got it really you does. know it's got mischief. It's got fun. It's mischief got, and mayhem. Yeah. It's heartfelt. It's got all those things, you know. And there is a sequel, Home Alone Two, Lost and in New York. Yes, it and it is great. And it actually is. I would say. You That's know, actually my favorite. It's actually, I would say it's just as good as the first one. I mean, it's nothing beats the original. No, the because that, that the, honestly, the the Kevin versus the Wet Bandits, like, it's, yeah, but, it's not to be but, matched. Yeah, but the second movie is definitely. It's really good. It's just as good, I would say. The 90s know. did every so often have a knack for creating some fantastic sequels. Like, nowadays, it's like, we make a movie, we'll make a sequel. Yeah, like, well, it's, but back then, it was, like, very sparing. Sequels were getting. They're getting better at making sequels. It used to be no, sequels they are. were terrible. They are, but, but they, they, they they either were terrible or they went straight to video. Right, but they but, would make them and then they would still be bad. Right, but Home Alone was like, whoa, this yeah, was good. This was this was this was this good. was just as good mm-hmm. or near darn near good as, Exa- as right as, as the first yes, one was. So. Exactly. Well, guys, we're gonna wrap things up and we just want to say as we always do. Well, first off, Happy Hanukkah. Yes, Happy Hanukkah. And secondly, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Christmas is coming. Yes. It's not here yet, thankfully. We still have some time to warm up to right. it and get but, ready for it. Yeah, and if you've been with us throughout this time, throughout this episode, this wonderful episode on Home Alone, <laughs> we just want to thank you for your time. It's limited. It's valuable. Obviously, we learned that this week because it, yes. got, it totally got away from us. <laughs> and we're a day Thank late. you for hanging for us. Yeah. We just want to say thank you. Your time means a lot, and we're happy to have you in the tape store. And we just, you know, we love you. That's all. We do. So tell everyone how to find us on social media. And Absolutely. And it's lights out. Okay. So if you are on Instagram, if you're active on Instagram, we are there at the tape store, just the tape store. We are also on TikTok by the same name, the tape store. If you're on Twitter, we're the tape store pod. We would love for you to uh, follow us. You know, give us a shout out, whatever. Yeah. Um, if you want to email us for whatever reason, maybe you have a question, a story, anecdote, whatever. We'd love to hear from you in any format. We're at the tape store podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Just to plug our Etsy shop. We yes. Got, we got the Are You Afraid of the Dark pins. Great uh, gifts for anyone. You know, I'm not as good as saying it as you are. Brooke, <laughs> it's but. okay. Well, I mean, we at this point, if you order, we, we can't guarantee that it'll get there by Christmas. But they will but, get I to mean, you. But, I mean, they will get to you. I mean, if you have family and friends that enjoy the show and for are a Christmas time-ish yeah. gift. For your would, 90s Nickelodeon snick, exactly. are you afraid of dark fan, we do have some stuff on Etsy. So yes. we just wanted to plug that. Exactly. No big deal. Yeah, I think that's it. 
Yes, and we will, uh, we assure you, be back next Thursday yes. with more great 80s and 90s nostalgia on the Tape Store podcast. So be there Thursday. We will. We will do it. <laughs> yes. This is not going to be. Be there, be square. We yeah. will be there. So thank you guys. And until the next time, this is Toby. And this is Brooke. Happy holidays. And see you guys. Take care. Take care.